Shalom, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm Emmanuel West, Jr., the founder, per se, of Yahweh's Remnant. Called to preach at a very early age of 12 and given an end-time message for the whole world. And uh, in that discourse, when I was 12, I had to. it was obvious to me that Yahweh would teach me many deep things in the Word. It would be a long, patient a trip, a journey where I had to wait on the Holy Spirit to teach me different things until the end time. And we, today I want to teach you about the Trinity, and after that we're going to get into some prophetic teachings. Uh, prophecy is, you know, a prophet would just stand up and he would say, thus said the Lord. He's not like a preacher. A preacher, he get, he's analytical of what he reads or what he hears, but it does not mean he's always right. But a prophet had to be right. So when you read about the in the Torah, the laws of Yahweh, and then the prophets, they were right. They were right on point, and you have to understand what they were saying. The only time that uh, prophecy in the end time is important to know is that in Matthew 25, it talks about the Lord may delay his coming. So, But we're going to teach you much about prophecy and then the Bible says, if the Lord don't come, if he don't cut the time short, then nobody will be saved alive. But today I'm going to teach you a very important subject. It brings tears to my heart. I preach with passion. I study in tears. This even teach on the, 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 the Holy Spirit and the uh, work of Yeshua and his heavenly Father, Yahweh. To teach you on this subject is a painful thing to do. It's, it's a very respectful thing to do, and can I do it properly is something I try to pray about. As a man of God, I have to come before you according to the Torah. And even though you know I'm legally blind in my uh, left eye, but Yahweh's going to hear that. I'm not worried about that. A blind man can't preach according to the Scripture. We'll get into that. There are, there are people who can and cannot preach according to the Torah. And the reason is because we are representing the king of kings. And one of, one of the things I want you to understand in the Bible, we're talking about Yahweh. And uh, in the oldest psalm, Psalm 90, verse 1 and 2, it talks about that Yahweh was here before all things, everything. His very name means to be. You know, some people say, well, where did God come from? I, we don't know. He always existed. That's what his name means. I am. I am. Yes, indeed. So I don't, I don't get into such questions about before Yahweh. There was no before Yahweh. Everything emanated from him. Even time, everything, all the structures of life and everything, it emanated from him. That's in Job 38. And we're going to refer often to Job 38 because you need to know about this origin of the spirit beings. Now, Paul wrote a powerful text in 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, uh, verse 15 and 16. I'm going to just read that. When Christ come back now, he writes this about it. Which in his time he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom 
be glory, be honor and power everlasting. Amen. And he this great thing here, they were arguing probably in Paul's day, is are they the same? Is is, is Jesus or is Yeshua and Yahweh the same? Did they just walk out of space, the three of them together, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? And uh, so when Christ come back, he's going to help us understand that order. And But I'm going to help you a little bit ahead of time to tell you about this great mystery called the Trinity, the triune Yahweh. And so, ladies and gentlemen, to do that, I'm going to have to teach you a little bit about two words in the Old Testament about Two nations. That was the nation of the northern ten tribes, and that was the Judah tribes. They were considered a nation. They were not always one nation because they had ambitions against each other. Judah means praise. It means that they were of the legal genealogy, and they praised Yahweh. And in the northern ten tribes of Israel, mean overcomers. Now, you can be an overcomer. Let's say you were an alcoholic or a drug addict and all, and you overcame that bad habit. It does not mean you are saved. You know, these so-called Hebrew Israelites, they think it's some magic in labeling themselves that. But Israelites doesn't mean that you are saved. It just means you have overcome some bad things in your life, certain passions or tendencies, and you started developing better ideas. And so, ladies and gentlemen, in the northern ten tribes, now I want you to hear this well. The northern ten tribes had prophets, preachers, priests, just like the Judah tribes in the south. And when they came together as a nation, as one, they started this consolidation in the days of King Saul. But they really became a nation, the nation of Israel, in the days of uh, David and Solomon. After Solomon, they split again and went their separate ways. Remember that. You understand? So they had prophets down in the south. They had prophets in the north. And they had preachers in the north. And they, they use a, and one of the ways you can understand that, ladies and gentlemen, to make it simple, you have two traditions of the Bible. And what we have in Genesis 1 that is what you call the Eloistic or the Elohim tradition. When they said, when you say God, you're actually saying Elohim. And that was the northern ten tribes. They did not use the sacred name in their writings and all. But the name Judah actually comes from the sacred name Yahweh. And down in the south, uh, they, they used the name Yahweh when they had their correspondence, the prophets or preachers and all. So that's the, the way to understand the Bible. Some of it came from the north, and some of it came from the south. When they went to Babylon in captivity and came back to Israel, they, uh, this man named Ezra, he consolidated these writings and fragments of the, of the scriptures as best he could, and that's what, how we have what we call the, the Old Testament, the, the Tanakh. And uh, so... That's how we got our Bible today, ladies and gentlemen. It came from two different sources. So you have the, the Yahwistic sections of the Bible came from Judah, and the Eloistic sections of the Bible, where they just say God, God. When you see in the Old Testament, it says Lord, that's Yahweh. They just translated it Lord. I don't know why. 
And, you know, a lot of Jews today, they don't want you to say Yahweh. I've had rabbis chase me off their property when I go to their worship. And they tell me I can't on my on my ministry be here because I have a placard which uses his sacred name Yahweh. And they don't want me to do that. So they tell me to get off the property, which I oblige. And whenever I'm leaving, I ask them, well, what is his name? If, I, if it's not Yahweh, what is it? And they can't answer. They don't even try to answer. Now, you think Yahweh would inspire preachers from the north and the south about 7,000 times to use his sacred name. That's in Exodus, the third chapter. He told Moses, uh, uh, he told Moses, I'm sending you back to deliver my people. And, uh, and, he, and he said, well, what is his, your name? And he told him, Eya, Asher, Eya. It means I am that I am, but it's translated or transliterated to be Yahweh. That's the sacred name. And so uh, he told Moses, not only is this my name, this is my name forever. It's a memorial name. You know, like you put it in stone for all generations and all eternity. We will be saying Yahweh. Now, when you read in the New Testament and in Revelation, those first three chapters, it says specifically that when we get to heaven, we're going to get a new name. And I look forward to that name. I, I'm not going to slap some name on myself because I don't like where it came from. Or like they say, the white slave masters gave us these names. But it's okay. The name in 1 Samuel 25, 25 says, as a person name is, so is he. And a lot of the names in the Old Testament as well as the New, they are not uh, what you would call a proper nine. They are nicknames. Like uh, David married Abigail, and uh, her husband's name was Nabal. Nabal in Hebrew means food. Now, nobody in the world would have a baby and name him food. That was a reason for that, because he probably acted like a foolish man. And over the years, that, that was his nickname. And take like Peter, they call him Simeon, they call him Cephas, they call him uh, Peter. His name was Simeon, or Simon you might say, but Simeon was his name. Peter was a nickname. So a lot of the people in biblical times had uh, three names. One was their legal name, their Jewish name, and sometimes the other name was Aramaic, and sometimes it was the third name may be Greek. Sometimes it was Hebrew, Greek, and then Latin. So they often had three names because they had a, a culture that mixed quite a bit, and uh, different people uh, were more acquainted with their uh, grammatical lifestyles. And so Yahweh was here before anything. We don't know. We don't know where he came from. We just know he was here. And so, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, when you read Genesis 1, it is the Eloistic tradition of the creation, the northern ten tribes. When you read Genesis 2, you're reading the Yahwistic tradition of creation. There are two different stories. They both are inspired. Those prophets from the north and the south generally were good prophets. They gave good predictions. But you have to know the difference. And so... Remember, the nation in the north, was they were overcomers. They were money-hungry and all, you know. But the people in the south, they worshiped. And I told you before that the uh, tribes of the north, they went to Assyrian captivity and on over to Europe. 
they did bull worship up there. Bull worship just means they they believed in money. Man's money solves everything. And they came on to America, these white people who came from Europe, they are the northern ten tribes. They bull worshipers. They money hungry. You know, they go all over the world. They don't like sharing the wealth of the earth. They just want it all. They don't they teach small nations how to prosper, but they want to charge at such a high price that poor poor nation gets nothing out of the deal. And but the Judah tribes, they went to Africa and they came on over. There's an old road from Ethiopia goes all the way to Ghana. It was called the uh, Pilgrim Road, and that was the road where the Judah tribes went to Ethiopia and came all the way over to the Gold Coast, the Ivory Coast, and on, came on to America as slaves. Jeremiah, in, in, uh, I'm sorry, Ezekiel in uh, chapter 37, he talks about this brotherly covenant. The Judah tribes came to America. The, the Northern Ten tribes came to America, and we were supposed to come here as brothers, we're ancient brothers, but white people don't want to be your brother. And so that was the paradox we had. So Yahweh, he is over everything. He, he really is. And one thing I love deeply about ancient Hebrew is that uh, just one little small teaching on it is that the last letter in ancient Hebrew looked like a cross. It looked like a T. Now, the modern-day Hebrew T doesn't look like that. The very appearance of it is different. That's why uh, I'm not a Hebrew scholar or whatever. And then it's, the modern Hebrew is quite different from the ancient Hebrew. We will learn that in due time when, when the comet come and we are isolated from the rest of the world, real Jews going to be among us. They're going to teach us the language, and we're going to learn it. And all of America, we're going to be Messianic Jewish believers. Yes, indeed. And so Yahweh, he, he was first. Uh, you can't really study about Yahweh. We don't know. We just know he's, uh, you know, David wrote in the Psalms in 11 different passages about you are God, an Elohim that hides himself. And Yahweh hides himself. He does that for your own safety. Now, let's go to uh, Job 38, if you will. Remember how uh, Job... Uh, Yahweh speaks to Job out of the whirlwind. It was Yeshua, actually. And uh, he said, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? And so Job, uh, there's so much to teach Job about the meaning of these ancient names, you know. Job actually means the enemy of the Father. and uh, So that helps you to think a little bit. And so this was at the original creation. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Because we'll just come back to that. Right now, we know that Yahweh was here by himself, and he desired to have a family. And what he did to create this family is in, is in uh, Proverbs, the 8th chapter. And in Proverbs, the 8th chapter, I think it's verse 24 through 32. I may be uh, slightly off, but you'll see the origin of the Holy Spirit. Yahweh brought out of himself Chokma. The Shekinah glory. The first sections of the book of Proverbs uses the term Chokmah. And, you know, we say the Shekinah glory, but that was the origin of the Holy Spirit. And she is so sacred. She's so wonderful, so majestic, that it says in Matthew, the 12th chapter, that if you speak disrespectfully 
of her, if you say things that are hurtful toward her, you will not go to heaven. You will not be forgiven. And that's very common in the Pentecostal churches. They, they say that the Spirit told me this and Spirit told me that. And my brother, that's now if the Holy Spirit really told you that, good. But you just lying. The Holy Spirit ain't told you all that. You ain't on that level with the Holy Spirit. And so to say that, and then what you say is not true, that's called blasphemy in the Bible. Blasphemy against the work of the Holy Spirit. When Yeshua interrupted those men who said he had done a notable miracle by the power of Beelzebub, it's like a little boy and somebody talking about his mother. And he turned around and he cursed those men. He said, all men of sin and evil speaking and blasphemy shall be forgiven a man. But blaspheme against the work of the Holy Spirit is unforgivable. It's unforgivable. So Pentecostal church, you hear this well. Millions of Pentecostals will go to hell for using those sacred terms about the work of the Holy Spirit when in fact it's just something they conjured up in their own minds. Don't play with the triune Yahweh. There's nothing to play with. And so Yahweh, he brought out of himself his feminine essence, and she serves as uh, like a, ma- a wife. And then uh, and he gave her this great universe we see, like a man marry a woman. He said, I'm going to build you a beautiful home. And he does that, and then he brings this new bride to the home. And so that's what he did. Men, when you get married, you, you owe that to your wife to do something special for her, even before you marry her. And so Yahweh gave her this vast universe. And then they put their minds together, and then these angels were born. Um, and, and, and it wasn't no ten angels. It was billions of angels, billions of angels. We're in a gigantic universe we just in one constellation in this vast universe. It's huge out there. But it was like a gift to the Shekinah glory. And so, ladies and gentlemen, after that, the angels were made. Yeshua was made in this order, but he's just one of the many billions of angels. And when you read in the Bible about the Son of God, that word son in Hebrew is often confused. It means builder. In other words, I go out, I'm building a, a building, then my son comes along, I say, well, son, take over. I know you'll do a good job. And that's what happened. In Genesis 1-1, that is the, the Eloistic uh, order of creation. There are kind of creation in Genesis 1. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the Hebrew text, it says, in the beginning, the first and the last created the heaven and the earth. You'll see that declaration all through the Old Testament and even in the book of Revelation. Uh, Yeshua, he says, I am the first and the last. And then Yahweh says, I am the first and the last. You'll see these terms apply to, to Yahweh. It apply to Yahweh, but... Uh, we don't really know when, uh, why he, it applies to Yahweh, but ladies and gentlemen, it also is talking about his son, his builder. Why does he call this one angel a builder? We really don't know. Uh, we go probably have to finish this session. We start in, at one time, 
And uh, we won't finish today. I'm going to take you further, but we will go a little further with it. But Yahweh had intended for one of his angels, one of his sons, one of his builders, and they noticed that Yeshua was a very special angel, a very special son. You know how you may have four or five kids, but you have one child that understands you and and you know exactly uh, that if ever I get sick or whatever, that boy going to take care of me because he has the mind of the family. And that's the way it was with Yeshua. So after this initial creation, the devil was made a watcher over the uh, over the the earth. That is, other angels were given other areas or territories, but Satan was given an area near the Garden of Eden, and uh, in that he began to take these basic life forms that Yahweh had made and begin to crossbreed species. You'll see that in Ezekiel, the, uh, the 28th chapter, I think the 16th verse. And it's called merchandise. That word merchandise means a relay of animals. And this is talking about hiring the king of Tyre as a type of Satan. And he had this relay of animals. And that's how they do in labs today, this gene pool. And what they will do, they will... They would, you know, I've delivered to many labs, and they'll tell you, say, you, you know, uh, we can crossbreed animals any day of the week. We doing it every day. They make things in some of these labs that they can't put in the stool. We can't flush them, can't put them in the water system. They are dangerous creations that everyday labs can do. They make this coronavirus. Well, over in the eighth chapter of uh, Exodus, it came from Aaron. Aaron threw this virus in the air. It came from heaven, in other words. And some people are praying and preaching against the coronavirus, but it came from the hand of Yeshua. So learn what you're praying about, my brothers. And so Satan had this ability to crossbreed species. We're talking about millions of years, billions of years. The earth at the earliest is four and a half billion years old. At the latest, is about 14 billion years old. We've been here a long time with this earth. Humans haven't been on here that long, but but the works of uh, Yahweh and the works of Yeshua have been here that long. And so when Satan messed up this earth that we are living in today, uh, it says in Genesis 1-2, it talks about in the earth became Tohu and Bohu. It became a mess. It wasn't made like that, but it became as such. And then there was war in heaven. That's in Revelation, the 12th chapter. And there was war in heaven. And because Satan, apparently, I think he had created certain animals that might be like, we would say, the Cro-Magnon or Neanderthals. And he went back to heaven boasting that he had made a man. But it was not in the image of Yahweh. You see, all animals, uh, in, animals don't have the spirit of, of Yahweh. They all they worry about is eating, getting a meal. But you and I, we we have brains, we have emotions, we have temperaments that are very kindred to Yahweh. We're in his, we're in his image, and so Satan had to be put out. But that's when Yeshua became the favorite son of heaven. And later on, when you read Psalms, the 40th chapter, he became our Savior. And then he, in the ancient time, he was called Michael. 
And then when he became our Savior in Psalms 40, he was given a name befitting his mission, and he was called Yeshua. There are no J's in ancient languages, so his name was not Jesus. His name was Yeshua. And so that's how we get our Savior in this triune, this trinity. Yahweh does not speak to humanity. We are filthy. But that's what in John, the first chapter, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and he, he is God. That means he is Elohim. All the angels are Elohim. They are spirit creatures. They're not, not like you and I. We, we eat cornflakes or bread. Angels, they have a different appetite. So they're not like us. And so Yeshua, he, he, he was the one among these many angels who led the rebellion against Satan, put him out of heaven, and this war between these two angels in an in ongoing battle. We are part of that battle right now. It will end at the end of the millennium reign. So we're still in that battle. So I want you to, I'm just highlighting. Uh, I like to teach more detail, but I guess I got off my, my path a little bit today. But we're going to get back on there. Because remember, Yahweh was here first. There was no God before Yahweh. There was no Allah or no other person. And, you know, all the world was Messianic Jewish or Jewish until the time of Nimrod. In the days of Nimrod, Semiramis, she ascribed the mission of the Holy Spirit to herself and the mission of Yahweh to Cush, her husband, and the mission of, of uh, Nimrod to that of the Messiah, to the Savior. And you know, if you read there in that 10th chapter of Genesis, the earth began to separate. And uh, the earth was not like it is today. There may have been one great land mass, and the land began to separate. And so these lives that Semiramis taught to the people of that plain, uh, it went worldwide. And, and the earth actually helped her teachings to go worldwide. So everybody religion came from Judaism, portions of it. You can go all over the world, you'll see little bits and pieces and traces of Judaism in all the nations of the world, primitive tribe, modern nations, or whatever. But they corrupted those teachings in the days of Semiramis and Nimrod. And so when Nimrod died, they wanted him to be resurrected again. That's where Easter, Christmas, and all these lies came from. But before the Tower of Babel, all that area, you read it carefully, was a one lip, meaning they lived in the general area, one language, and they had the same language and the same teachings. That's what happened in that era. But the thing I love most about this teaching about the Trinity is the sacredness of the Shekinah glory. When Paul wrote that God dwells in an unapproachable light, I think he was talking about the Shekinah glory. Nobody has seen the Shekinah glory. There was this church over in uh, Houston, Texas about 20 years ago when the Holy Spirit showed up. It was like a, a thunderclap, and it split the pulpit in two. And, and the angels picked the preacher up and threw him 10 feet behind the podium. The, the, the rostrum, it was split in two. It fell forward, and the whole church went into prayer. And confession of sins. That's what we want today in the last day church. 
We need the anointing to come and dwell with this church. And it's my job to get you straight, get you ready for that day. So you might as well come on board with us. Uh, money going to be thrown in the street soon. Money going to be worthless. And what you should have done with that money, it'll be too late. And you'll be held accountable that you're a thief, that you haven't given properly to the work of Yahweh. It'll be too late to run to this end-time church and give. Your money will be worthless. It'll be going down the street. It'll be worthless. And nothing we can do to change that. And uh, we, we love you for being on the air with us. And uh, as I said, we're going to go over this section again. I'm a little excited about teaching on this subject. It's a very sacred subject. And so I want you to learn to study with me. I'm just going now because in our next session, we're going to get into some deeper prophecies. And uh, I want you to learn to teach the word as well as I, and even better. I'm not jealous of people who can teach. I love good teaching, good preaching. But uh, believe me, all this noise floating around, I don't know. It ain't for bro West. I don't know about you. So may you have a wonderful day, and may you be blessed. And I hope you're worshiping on the right day. If not, we're going to help you to see why you should keep the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. May you be blessed. Shabbat shalom.